you are listening to By the Book. Because if you don't look at the world through the Bible, you will never see it right. Welcome to episode 92 of By the Book. We're glad you're listening today. This is Alan Griffith, your host. We are going to pick up where we left off in the last episode. Uh, If you were not with us, let me tell you that generally we are talking about the world and our relationship to it as Christians. We are in the world. We are not of the world. We have been sent to the world. That's the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, we need to understand what the world is and how the world works, and we have been talking about those things. And in our last episode, we were especially dealing with 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 and 16. And I don't want to rehearse all of that at this point, except to say that in verse 16, we read 1 John 2, for all that is in the world. Pause there for a moment. All that is in the world. John is about ready to tell us how this world works. He's going to tell us what motivates and moves unsaved people. And his ultimate challenge is going to be this. If what moves and motivates unsaved people is what moves and motivates us, then we love the world and our love for God is called into question. As a matter of fact, uh, John makes it very, very clear. Let me read all of verse 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. Now let me jump back to verse 15, the exhortation, love not the world neither the things that are in the world. And then here it is. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. I said if we go the way of the world, it calls into question our love of God. I think John makes it very, very clear. You got to have it one way or the other. You can't have it both ways. Well, in our last episode, we had uh, talked a little bit, made reference to the lust of the flesh, and we pointed out that the term lust means strong desires, and you and I have the flesh. We're going to probably get to a further discussion of that in this episode. We have this thing called the flesh. It is the, the proneness to sin that is in us. And that proneness to sin uh, carries with it very, very strong desires. The desires, the strong desires of the flesh. Well, the fulfillment of those desires is, again, how the world functions. Again, we're going to talk more about that. And then we have moved on 
to a second part of the verse where John then said, after saying all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, then he said, and the lust, strong desires, that's what that term lust means, the strong desires of the eyes. And as we pointed out in closing last time, you can't go through life, you can't go through living without seeing things, seeing a whole lot of things. But the danger is that when we see things, there is often a strong desire that comes up within us, and we want what we see. What we see is going to drive us to do things and to act in different ways because we are not satisfied, we are not content many times with what we have. And of course, that can take us in many directions. What we see can stir us in a lot of ways. It can stir us uh, financially. It can stir us uh, with regard to physical things, what I want, what I want to buy. It can stir us with regard to sensual things, sinful things. And so these eyes have to be guarded. Uh, Remember, I believe it was Job who said he made a covenant with his eyes. And of course, we all know the story of David and the trouble his eyes got him into when he looked and saw Bathsheba. Well, here's the point that John is trying to make right here, and that is the lust of the eyes, the strong desire of the eyes, and obviously then yielding to those desires is what moves and motivates the world, the unsaved. And what he's trying to get across to us is that better not be what moves and motivates us, because that is the world. And then he went on and said at the last part of verse 16, after talking about the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes, then he says, and the pride of life. Pride is a dangerous, dangerous thing in our lives. Pride affects us in so many ways. We want to put ourselves first. Pride creates selfishness, but pride also is the root of bitterness. Pride is what we uh, we carry within us that that makes us think, how dare somebody say that to me or act that way or whatever, and we're going to get back into that. But you know, everybody battles with pride. It was the source of the fall of the devil. He was proud. He was proud because of his beauty. He was proud because of his wisdom, and that pride drove him to rebellion against God, and it can drive us to rebellion against God, to say the very least. So what's John telling us? When it comes to our relationship with the world, he's telling us, don't love the world. Don't sacrifice yourself 
for the world. Don't sell out to the world. Don't live the way the world lives. Don't live the way the unsaved live. And that is not simply a matter of uh, where I go, what I do, how I dress. All those things are involved, but sometimes you know, those are the things that we just tag and say, well, that's worldly. Well, some of those things are worldly to be sure, but it's what's underneath that is in reality worldly. It's the lust of the flesh. It's the lust of the eyes. It's the pride of life. Now, what I want us to think about is this, and if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 5, because we're going to give some attention to what Paul said uh, in that chapter about the flesh and about the Holy Spirit. But here's the, here's the point of all of this. What is the way of the world? That's the way they live. That's the way they act. That's what moves them, so on. Seeing the world live that way then can be turned to temptation for us. I see that. Am I going to be drawn to that as a Christian? Am I going to be drawn into that way? That's, that's my temptation. And we're going to get to the temptation of Adam and Eve. We're going to get to the temptation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to recognize that these areas that we're talking about, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, they are and always are the realms of temptation. If I get tempted to do something wrong, if I can figure it out, I can categorize it and say, wow, was that the lust of the flesh that was drawing me? Was that the lust of the eyes that was drawing me? Was that the pride of life that was drawing me? Now, what's interesting, and again, I don't want to get off on the tangent right now, but when you get to the Lord Jesus, you will see there were three distinct things. When you get to Adam and Eve, all of those things were wrapped up in a single experience, a single challenge. So we're going to get there because that's that's for us too. But if you have your Bible, uh, Galatians chapter 5 is where I hope you might be open to. If not, I hope you'll catch up with us later. But I want to focus on this idea. You and I must not live like the world. You and I cannot be motivated by what motivates them. And in Galatians 5.16, I think we made reference to this uh, an episode or two ago, Paul said in verse 16, this I say then, walk, that term means live, walk in the Spirit, live in the power of the Spirit of God. Now, when you got saved, you were indwelt by the Holy Spirit. You didn't feel it happen. And if you think you did, you didn't. But when you got saved, the Spirit of God entered into you, and I'm grateful he entered into me, and he is within us to work in us, to enable us to live for God, to bring about change in our lives and in our spirit and everything about us. That's why he's there. 
I am warned about uh, getting in the way of his work by grieving him and quenching him. I don't want to do either of those things. I am taught in Ephesians 5 that I should allow the Spirit of God to fill me, to control me. And the reason that is important is what we're reading right here. Walk in the Spirit. Allow the Spirit of God to control you. Allow the Spirit of God to be at work in your life. And then, here's what Paul goes on to say. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. You will not fulfill the strong desires of the flesh. Now, this is directly related to what we read in 1 John chapter 2. So here is a marvelous, marvelous message from God about the way the world lives and that you and I don't have to live that way. We should not live that way, and God will enable us to not live that way if we'll allow the Spirit of God to have his way in our lives. Now, Paul goes on and explains this this battle, this conflict. He says in verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against. That term lusteth means, again, desire. The flesh desires against the spirit. The the flesh is trying to suppress the Holy Spirit. So the flesh lusteth against the spirit. At the same time, the spirit against the flesh. So there is within us a war that is going on. Am I going to go the way of the world and live according to the lusts of the flesh? Because God tells me, John told me, 1 John 2, if that's what I do, then I need to stop professing that I love God. Because, again, you cannot have it both ways. But this battle is going on, and every single one of us experiences it, and we experience it every single day because the flesh doesn't go away. It doesn't get weaker. It's not going to die of old age. It is ever-present with us. Praise the Lord, the Holy Spirit is ever-present with us. But this battle rages within us. And so verse 17 goes on and says, These talking about the flesh and the spirit, these are contrary the one to the other. There's no reconciliation. There's no half and half between the spirit and the flesh. Paul says this, the end of verse 17, so that you cannot do the things that ye would. What's that mean? Well, it means simply this. If I'm going to yield to the flesh, then I certainly would not be doing the things I would do if I was being yielded and led by the Holy Spirit. But praise the Lord, if I'm yielded to the Holy Spirit and he's having his way in my life, then I am not going to go the way of the flesh. Verse 18, Paul is picking up on an earlier thought, but will you give just a word of explanation? Verse 18, he says, but if you be led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now, that's a great truth. And again, I don't want to go too far into it. But, you know, there's a lot of people that think 
that we are supposed to live under the law, the Mosaic law. Well, no, I don't live under that. Well, the Mosaic law said thou shalt not steal. Does that mean you're allowed to steal? No, no, but I don't steal just because I go back to the Mosaic law and find a commandment, thou shalt not steal. If I am led of the Spirit, this is New Testament Christianity, if I am led of the Spirit, I'm not going to steal. If I'm led of the Spirit, I don't want to steal. If I am led of the Spirit, I'm not wrestling with that issue. Now, the challenge to not steal is also put into New Testament teachings, New Testament theology, so that that message of not stealing is found Old Testament and New Testament. But the point is, I don't go through my life and you don't go through your life with this rule over you. You are not allowed to steal. No, I'm not thinking about stealing every day. Are you? Thou shalt not kill. I'm not thinking about killing every day. That's not the the way we live. No. Why? Because the Spirit of God lifts us above all that mess. You and I aren't down there wrestling with that all the time. No, we live above it. That's the wonder of being filled with the Spirit of God. But the reason all this is being talked about is because Paul is going to expand this discussion of the flesh. We saw the reference to it back in 1 John 2, but Paul is going to expand the discussion, and he's going to say to us in verse 17, I want to tell you what that flesh will produce in your life if you don't walk in the Spirit. Wow. And what the flesh will produce in us if we don't walk in the Spirit is what the flesh is producing every day in the life of the unsaved. And so the challenge for us, again, is don't love the world. And here's part of what's in the world, this flesh and the lusts of the flesh. Don't live like the world. What is my relationship to the world? It's to be separated from it, to not live the way the unsaved live. Well, Paul gives us a list. He makes it very clear at the end of the list that the list is not exhaustive. He he says, I'm not telling you everything there is that uh, could show up in your life because of the flesh. But he says, I'm I'm giving you a list, and believe me, it, it is a long list, but again, not exhaustive. So here's what he says. Look at verse 19, if you have your Bible open. Now, the works of the flesh, the works are what the flesh produces. The works of the flesh are manifest. They're made known. They're they're put on display. You don't have to go very far to be able to see them. The works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. And the first one he lists is adultery. Now, I want to tell you, marriages, families, 
are continuing to break up in record numbers. Of course, there's a lot of people who are in the next category. Uh, They're involved in intimacy and are not married. But the issue right here is marriage, marriages that are falling apart. And they are falling apart because they're broken by the unfaithfulness of one party or another. This thing of divorce is a tragedy. It's a tragedy. And we sometimes have have moved on to other things in Christian teaching. There's not enough teaching about the fact that a marriage is a one-man, one-woman relationship for life. And it's a tragedy that so many Christians have been divorced. Where did that come from? Well, ultimately, that came from the flesh. Now, there might be somebody who says, well, the, the other person was the guilty person. Well, uh, and there's an element of truth in that, and we're not going to pursue that. But what I want to tell you is marriages aren't supposed to break up. People are not supposed to marry one person, get divorced, then go marry another person, possibly get divorced and go marry another person. That's not God's way. And I know there are people who are hurting because of that. And I don't try to bash people about that. I often share with people, my mom and dad were divorced. I had two brothers. They both got divorced. I had a sister. She got divorced. I love them. I'm grateful that they they came to Christ. I'm grateful that while they've passed away, they are in heaven. But I want to tell you something. The Bible says in the book of Malachi that God hates divorce. He doesn't hate divorced people, but he hates what it does. And I know what it did to our family. I know what it meant for me as a a young person growing up in a single parent home. My mom out working every day, us growing up without that kind of authority as kids and, and all that that involved. And God says, I just hate what that does to people. Where does it come from? Well, it comes from the flesh. And it's a tragedy. He says, another work of the flesh is fornication. Well, fornication is just a a part of people's life today. It's it's sexual wickedness. Uh, There's premarital intimacy that has become common. And that's a part of the reason through the years there's been this push, incredible push for abortion because people carry a child, ladies carry a child, and they don't want to, and so they, they're seeking for a way to, to get rid of that child. And that is, is an added tragedy. But how do these things happen? Well, there is so little regard for moral purity today. So there's the the premarital and the outside of marriage uh, sin that goes on. And then, of course, there's the homosexual sin. What a wickedness. And I don't care whether people think somehow that that's okay or or whatever they think, because that's where we're moving in the world. And unfortunately, that's where we're moving in some churches. I heard of a pastor who said he hadn't 
performed a marriage yet for two gay people, but he might not be too far from doing it. Well, I want to tell you something. That is wickedness, and that is wrong, and it comes from the flesh. That's where it comes from. So Paul has just begun his list, but we're going to work our way through it a little bit more. The next thing is uncleanness. And that is impurity. It can be impure thinking. It can be impure words. It can be impure deeds. It can be the impurity of places that we go and things that we do and things with which we associate ourselves. It's unclean. There's too much of it. And then the next term is lasciviousness. I want to tell you that's a term that describes the day in which we live. The term refers to excess, to, uh, to unrestrained living. Isn't that the day that we live in? People have no restraints. Yeah, it's a term that refers to indecency. And uh, people don't care today. They don't care what they look like. They don't care how they dress. Now, see, sometimes we, we look at dress and we say, well, that's, that's worldly. And then somebody says, well, well no, that, you know, that in itself, that's not what makes a person worldly. Listen, when you live in a way where you're indecent and people are seeing you in a, in a way that would stir lust within them, there's something wrong with that. But people are unrestrained in so many ways unrestrained in what they do and where they go and how they act. It's a world that is out of control. And then the flesh produces idolatry, which is false worship. And again, in our country, there's not a whole lot of false worship in terms of idols on the, on the shelf. You find it in Roman Catholicism, and you might find it in some other settings but idolatry is when you put anything between you and God. When you're worshiping, whether it be yourself or worshiping the devil or worshiping a, uh, a little statue, anything that's between you and God, that's idolatry. And you know where it comes from? It comes from the flesh. And then the next term is witchcraft. That's quite a term. Uh, it is rendered sorcery in our Bible. But you need to know that the Greek term, the term that is translated witchcraft here, same term translated sorcery elsewhere, is the Greek term pharmakia, from which we get the term pharmacy, pharmaceuticals. And it is a reference to drugs. Now, why? Would a reference to drugs be translated witchcraft and sorcery? Well, I want to tell you why. Because drugs will put somebody in a place where their mind is open to demonic attack, and they can be affected by the work of the principalities and powers and the thrones and the dominions and all of the wicked spiritual 
warfare that's going on against people, and we have become a society that is living on drugs, and this is the flesh. What a tragedy. Well, where does that desire for drugs come from? It comes from the flesh. Now, there might be other things where people are trying to tempt you and trying to get you to do something, but the response from the inside is from your flesh. The strong desire, I want to do that. I want more. I want stronger. You know, I've heard reports recently, and and you no doubt have also, of people who have tragically died because their drug that they bought was laced with fentanyl. Well, I'll tell you, our our government is failing us tragically in that area. But I want to tell you what I've noticed. And what I've noticed is that when people are reacting to somebody dying from the fentanyl, they're not upset that the young person, which is often the case, not so much upset that the young person was taking the drugs, but that somehow the drugs got laced with the fentanyl. Well, listen, the drugs are the problem. And I know we're having a great push for the legalization of drugs. It is going to continue to destroy our young people. It is going to continue to destroy our society. And it is not of God, I'll tell you that. It is of the flesh, the strong desires that arise out of this flesh, this proneness to sin that is within us. And none of us are exempt from it. Everybody has the flesh. doesn't matter whether you've been saved uh, a year or 50 years. You got the flesh. And we are told to not give in to the lusts of the flesh. Well, we're less than halfway through this list, and we're going to come back to it next time. But Paul is going to go on and talk about hatred and variance and emulations in this whole list of Galatians 5. I hope you'll look at it between now and the next episode. But I want you to see it. This is the way the world is living. And you and I cannot live that way. Lord bless you till next time.